millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Can I wish each and every one of you a very happy St. Valentine's Day and if you're lucky enough to be sharing it with somebody then I hope it's a truly, truly special day. We don't normally do requests on the programme but for the day that's in it Michael in Castletown Bear has been on to say a happy Valentine's Day to you and all the listeners and especially to Bridget and Skibbereen who has a birthday today and the message for Bridget is hope to see you and your friends back on the dance floor shortly and I'm assuming that's to do with social dancing which is getting back there's a, a number I know we, I'm certainly noticing it when I'm doing the community diary on the programme we're starting to announce social dancing which is terrific because it was one of the things that certainly was missed by the cohort of people who love to go social dancing it certainly was missed during all of the various lockdowns and for Valentine's Day loved that story on the news with our the Cork County Mayor Gillian Coughlin uh, talking which was praising the library staff for it and it's a story out of the library in Clonakilty and they're marking Valentine's Day uh, they're inviting visitors to go on a blind date with the book and you go along and they'll give you a book and it's only when you unwrap the book that you discover what a member of the staff has selected for you that's what what a lovely I think it's a lovely idea and you know what I think as well it'll force you to open your mind to a different maybe a different style of book you wouldn't normally have read or maybe introduce you to an author that you hadn't read before I think that's a terrific idea but Gillian listening to Gillian on the news she was right and she was fulsome in her praise of the staff at the library service they really are a fantastic bunch and they're always trying to come up with new and innovative ways and ideas to get people in love with the idea of reading or maybe back in love with the idea of reading so well done to everybody at the library in Clonakilty and indeed to all of the libraries across Cork County and the uh, city. And spending ahead of Valentine's Day, it seems, has soared by more than 450% on the same time last year. And I suppose this time last year we were in the middle of, an, of, of another one of our longest lockdowns, weren't we? So it was a very, very different Valentine's Day last year to uh, this year. And the spending power is matched fairly evenly around the uh, country. An analysis has been done by Bank of Ireland and they took, took a look at spending in the run-up to Valentine's and they've done it sort of county by county and they've looked what people were spending money on and it looks like there's been spikes over the last few days in people booking hotel stays, people looking, booking spa breaks, looking 
booking uh, grooming treatments and booking things like um, buying jewellery, buying chocolates and obviously greeting cards went up in, went up as well. The amount of greeting cards that were bought over the last few days. The Bank of Ireland's debit and credit cards, they do this analysis of pre-Valentine Day period and it's the spend from the 4th to the 8th of February which they reckon is the time when most people, if they're planning something for Valentine's Day, that's the time that they are going to spend and there was an explosion, the banks say, of pent up consumer demand. So while we've been talking about the rise in the cost of living, there are people out there that do have money, do have money away in savings and only too willing to spend it on their loved one. And looking at the age groups is interesting, proving that love is certainly eternal and it doesn't die with age. The 46 to 55 year olds, they topped the spending uh, table and their biggest outlay was on jewellery. Then in the next age group, the 36 to 45 year olds, their spending was also up on the same period last year. But they seem to be the age group that was most keen to get away. So the bulk of their spent was bulk of their spend was spent on booking hotel breaks or weekends away. And then the younger age group, 26 to 35, they focused more on looking their best and they bought vouchers for grooming or vouchers for beauty items. That's where the spend went in the 25 to uh, 36 year old. So romance is definitely alive and well in this country. But with romance being alive and well in this country, something I know we touched on in our guard, the five with Sergeant John Kelly last at uh, Thursday and this is to do with romance fraud and unfortunately as Sergeant John Kelly told us on Thursday it is on the increase and it seems it's large international organised crime gangs they're operating these romance frauds and they're actually building them up and they're operating them like businesses. They're employing people as full-time employees and these people are employed then to communicate with the victims they befriend and obviously they get them to befriend victims on dating websites. So it isn't just one random person doing a catfish. These are large international organised criminal gangs who are employing people and obviously training people in how to do it. And the Garda National Economic Crime Bureau coming out very strongly in the lead up to Valentine's Day just to warn people of the dangers of romance uh, fraud. And uh, Superintendent uh, Cryon is in the papers today uh, stressing that those behind the scams, they're organised criminals and it isn't anything like the individuals that say you may have seen in the Tinder swindle, swindler, you know that Netflix show where a con man and he scammed countless victims but he was just one con man doing it. This is fully backed organised uh, criminals. Guard the Investigations have revealed that in some cases, those at the lower end of the organisation, they use scripted templates for the correspondence that they engage with the victims. They then create fake profiles. They use photographs and the photographs, of course, are taken from the uh, internet and then they often correspond and can be corresponding with several people all at the same time. And probably the scripted template then has been used across you know, to engage with a number of different, mainly females, even though some men have been duped as well. It's online and, uh, and so therefore the person simply doesn't exist. But the person who's been duped doesn't realise the person doesn't uh, exist. Last summer, the number of romance frauds reported to the Gardaí, they rose by 86 
25%. Now, a lot of that obviously was down to COVID. We had lockdowns. People weren't able to get out and about. There wasn't nightclubs open. There wasn't pubs and bars that people could go and mix with people. So a lot of people turned to online dating sites and the criminals realised money to be made here. Let's set up fake profiles. Let's employ people. Let's train them in how to do it. And we'll see if we can scam people out of money. Now, the age profile of the people being scammed. This is interesting. This has also dropped. Traditionally, when you looked at romance fraud, it was females in their 50s, 60s and 70s who were most vulnerable. But now the Gardaí are saying the average age of somebody to be scammed in a romance fraud is somewhere between the ages of 47 and 50. So the age group has certainly uh, come down. The crime, of course, always goes hugely underreported. Why? People simply are too embarrassed to say that they have been uh, duped. And the Gardaí are saying that there were also cases that go unreported because the victim may have been married and then wasn't willing to admit to their husband or wife that they were on a dating website so they're not going to admit that they've been duped out of money. The Gardaí say that at least 70% of the romance fraud victims are uh, female. Now, that's not to say that it doesn't happen to male, but to males, but what generally speaking happens with males is it escalates very quickly into black male. What will happen is it'll get onto a sexual nature. It'll get onto sending of video footage. The male records themselves, sends it on and suddenly very quickly it flips into black male. I'm going to send this to your place of work. I'm going to send this to your work colleagues, to your friends. Uh, If they person is married, going to send it to your wife, etc. And of course, then person panics, pays up the ransom immediately just to make it all go away. And that type of crime is certainly very, very underreported. Gardaí say there's an increasing link between romance fraud and investment fraud. Now, what happens in these cases is the scammers will ask the victim to invest in a fraudulent scheme or business. Now, it happened there was one woman, for example, in this country who transferred €90,000 to a man she met online. She built up trust with him. She thought he was genuine. He then talking about he was starting his own business. It was a great way to make money. She believed every single word that was coming out of his mouth online and handed over €90,000 and very quickly of course then the money gets uh, transferred through a number of linked accounts and suddenly it just disappears. So the Gardaí are urging the public to be vigilant. Huge risks involved in in investing in things like say cryptocurrencies which have become extremely popular. They're warning people not to share any money with somebody you have only met online and if you do want to invest obviously because there's great investments out there you need to get professional advice advice. Fraudsters are using excuses like travel costs is the reason that they can't come uh, to tra- you know, if they're overseas or oh, can't afford it at the moment and of course COVID was a great thing we can't travel at the moment but then they'll say they've got a member of their family sick and there's medical bills can you help me and then obviously there's all the different investment opportunities they come up with lots and lots of different ways to scam the victim out of their money so the Gardaí basically saying to use trusted dating websites and even on trusted dating websites you've got to be very careful never share personal details never send or receive money it could become 
a money mule very quickly as well and obviously think twice before using your webcam and to trust your instincts. Your gut instincts will tell you if everything isn't okay. So just beware of that romance fraud, uh, particularly with Valentine's Day today. If you're out and about on the roads leading into Castletown, bear a very flustered listener. That's what they've signed their text saying four Arctic lorries in convoy from Castletown Bear heading to Cork via the Cassan Road. Gardaí should have a word with Spanish drivers. Very dangerous for local road users. Signed flustered and if you get caught on the narrow roads around any of our rural any rural part of the country but to be caught behind four Arctic uh, lorries in convoy yeah I can sense your frustration and how flustered you are at the moment take it nice and uh, easy and hi Patricia do you know when the bonus fuel allowance when is that going to be paid thanking you signed a regular listener that's the 125 euro that got announced last week in the package of measures that the government announced to try to alleviate the cost of living they said now they didn't give an, an exact date but they said that they hoped it was going to be paid around St. Patrick's Day so I imagine the week leading up to St. Patrick's Day or else it'll be the week just after normally a lot of those bonuses they do try to have them paid out by St. Patrick's Day so that's what was was said when the announcement was made if we get a firm date on when it is to be paid we will bring it to you but it certainly isn't being paid this week I'm assuming it's the earliest it will be paid is the week of St. Patrick's Day 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Gardaí are appealing for witnesses after an elderly brother and sister were threatened at knife point in their home in Cork City. It happened on Boyce's Street in Gronerbrohor uh, shortly after 7.30 yesterday morning and the intruder left the scene on foot with the sum of money. Our news reporter Mairead Tuhik uh, joins me. Good morning to you Mairead. Good morning Good Mairead. morning Patricia. Uh, you're welcome. Now the the robbery I believe happened at Gary O'Hanlon's house and it was his older sister Mary who happened to be calling in to see him. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, Jerry O'Halloran, he's 79, and Mary, his uh, his sister, who's 83, uh, called in, and I suppose to her absolute shock, there was a, an intruder there, and uh, they were threatened at knife point and as you said there Patricia the intruder left the scene on foot with a sum of cash now they were treated at the scene by emergency services personnel their injuries not described as life threatening but they were taken to the Mercy Hospital now the um, the paramedics local paramedics Keith Harrington and Sean they have gone and set up a GoFundMe page and it's entitled that uh, they lost their life savings and they want to return some of that money that was taken uh, during this burglary. So at the moment, it's gone to over €17,000. <sighs> so it's absolutely <sighs> amazing. And, and, and am I right in saying that God help them, Jerry's life savings was nothing near €17,000? Absolutely, yeah. Like, I mean, they they've a goal here on the the GoFundMe page of of two thousand euro. I'm just reading it here. So to they're they're well exceeded that. And I was just reading through, you know, some of the words of support. And there's people from Kerry, from Donegal are are donating. It's amazing to see, you know, when when something like this happens, the the positive side of it that you know the generosity and the camaraderie of of the people of Ireland is just fantastic. And fair play to these two paramedics, you know, for for going above and beyond and for setting up this GoFundMe page. 
aid because it's absolutely I mean it's traumatizing to be involved in such an incident and then to you know to have to pick up the pieces when as you're trying to overcome the shock um so so to know that the people are fundraising it and trying to get them back in their feet it, it must be just so so heartwarming it's lovely to see it and I take it the donations they're the small amounts the fivers the tenors the 15s the 20 euros that are coming in in absolutely. donations yeah there's a few, you know, I suppose there's there's a couple of bigger donations as well. And but you know what? Every every penny counts, you know, in, in these situations. And it's amazing that people are, are going in and donating and helping um this elderly brother and sister. And I, I should add, you know, that if anyone does have any information on this incident, that the guard they are investigating it, you know, they want to, any information that anyone has, you know, no matter how small or insignificant someone might think it is, they, they should come forward. So if you were in the vicinity of Voices Street or neighbouring streets in the Grona Broher area between 6.30 and 9am yesterday morning. If you've witnessed anything, do come forward. Or, you know, if you were driving in your car, if you have video footage, if you have a dash cam, you know, there could be something on that that could help Gardaí. So uh, between those times as well, that to make it available, you can get in touch. Grona Broher Guard, the station, it's 21 4946200 you can go to the guard the confidential line or in fact any guard the station and they'll be happy to to share that information with their colleagues and hopefully catch this uh, this intruder who who did this awful um shocking awful yeah and the intruder left on foot so you're, foot. you're talking about yes yeah. sunday morning so i suppose any time between half past 6 and up to about not- 9 o'clock yeah and if yeah. you saw anyone in- area a male intruder um is what the Gardaí have said and and as you said there Trish left the scene on foot with, with that cash and you know there's there's reports there that it was um a jury's life savings and that Mary because Mary as we, we established was visiting the house that her handbag was taken <sighs> um but again you know Gardaí are appealing any information that that you may have uh, do come forward and keep a look out for that handbag as it'll more than likely have been uh, dumped okay and I'm really interested yeah. in finding out how Mary and Jerry are doing so I'll let you go Mairead thank you for that because I want to go to Paddy O'Brien Paddy of course well well known across Cork City and County as an advocate for older people uh, good morning to you Paddy good morning Patricia and I, I, I wasn't surprised to hear you were you went to see both Mary and Jerry this morning well, I went up to see both of them, but regretfully, poor Jerry is still in hospital. Um, Mary, Mary was there. Uh, quite honestly, I think that scene will will never leave my memory. When I walked into the house, she was in the room, it was in tears, and on top of a, t- a table was the, the, the her telephone speaking unit where they had cut it. That was just thrown, thrown there. It was like some. It was like. It was like watching a film and I was saying to myself, my God, this is reality. Poor old lady, they're on her own and this happened with no form whatsoever. Now, the whole situation has got out of hand in, in a great tonight knife crime. And I, I, I honestly would say that the government would have to bring a stronger legislation. I feel that shops should be not, should not allow to sell knives. And if they're allowed to sell knives, there should be some control. There should be they should take the names and addresses of anyone who buys a knife, number one. For instance, um, guards are stopping people for drunken driving. The guards are checking people for drugs. Right. You can't have a gun unless you have a licence. But still in all of this country at the moment, we have more people dying from stab wounds than we have from, from gunshots. And I think the government, the justice, will have to look at this. This has to come to an end. These people, any person caught with a knife, 
has no intention. He's not going away to do a good deed for the person. He's going to commit a crime or to defend himself or something. That's absolutely appalling. Now, this poor lady this morning, through her tears and her crying, she was in a, in a desperate, desperate, desperate state. God love her. Telling me about Jerry, telling me about the money exactly, what was involved. And I would pay tribute to um, Keith Harrington and Sean Healy for up the funds as well. But know something, quite honestly, I, I, and I would say thanks to all the people who contributed. But it, if they've had a million euros, it won't be anything to, to the, the simple reason they'll never get over the shock of this. I know, you know? I know. When, I, when I woke this morning and heard about it while I was th- delighted that they physically weren't hurt, but just the uh, the emotional, psychological yeah, yeah. damage yeah, at yeah. 83 and 79, God help them. That's right. They were originally from Balfihan, and that's a lovely area up there on Boyce Street. I know the area well. And there is an active community association there, Blarney Street. But, I mean, at half past seven in the morning, if, I mean, if you wake at half past seven in the morning, you're all home, you think, at least I'm saying. I think, now, I, I can't come out any strong in relation to the knife crime, but I think as well as that, elderly people living alone, um, I'm sending a message out here, they should get a, have an alarm. I, I, an alarm in the house is one thing, but an alarm, a, a body alarm, a personal alarm. That in the case of emergency, you would have this pendant uh, uh, around your neck or uh, around your waist, and in the event of a problem, you just press a button and a speaker on the phone, and you ask for a doctor or for an ambulance or the, for the guardian. And it only, it's free. If you have a landline, the first, the first year is free. If you've a mobile cassette, it's 60 euro a year. It's That's money well offer. spent. It's it's money well spent. And it is. because and, I, and there will be people listening who have one of those alarms, Paddy, and it's hanging up in the, behind the bedroom door. People yeah, need know. to be wearing them all the time. They have to. You have to. And as, as, well, as well as that, um, making simple things like making sure your, your, the locks are adequate on your doors. I mean, you know, what I call a bolt lock, put across a lock on the door. Make sure that's the most important thing of you, the back door or a hall door, because obviously, I, I, I didn't want to upset the lady this morning. I didn't want to ask her, did he knock on the door? Did he knock, did he break the door down? I didn't want to ask her, I sent you, I didn't, I just wanted to say, to her, and you'll be grand, you're going to be grand. But the story is that Jerry and Mary, they're originally for Belfi Hand. And they were exceptionally quiet people. And the reports I got this morning about them were lovely, lovely, lovely people. He was a kind man, always trying to help people. But then he, they got a house up to Boyce Street, which, which is off of Shandon Street. And his sister was coming to visit him yesterday morning. She was coming up to visit him. And she would stay all, all day with him. And they were great friends. And that's how that's what it's just it's it's dreadful. Lack of policing in the city. Um, do you think we need more more well, <coughs> boots on the street? For definite. For definite. There's no doubt in the world about this. What we want is this. We want the presence of guardians to be more visibility in places like Boyce's buildings and Horrigan's buildings and Kelleher's buildings. Where there's a high concentration of elderly people. I am not suggesting for one moment that we should have a guard in every area. No, no. But a guard a car drive me up there every so often. Every so often. And so that anyone 
thinking of committing a crime and said, oh my God, no, the guards can't be around again. Um, a, a superintendent said years ago, many, many years ago, when they were getting new uh, IT equipment, and he said, it's bad getting the equipment, but there was no greater deterrent than the presence of Gardaí to, to avoid an avoiding crime. And it's so important. We definitely want more Gardaí. The visibility of all Gardaí is very, very, very important. But should we saw and a drop in burglaries during lockdowns when the Gardaí were out at the checkpoints? Because the criminals couldn't travel because they, there was the fear that, that they were going to... So, and we saw it, the, the, the evidence was there. But also, um, I, I do think it's important, uh, Paddy, just to allay people's fears. These type of break-ins are isolated uh, incidents. We don't want all elderly people being absolutely frightened out of their wits thinking they're going to be next. They are very isolated incidents, but we all need to do, everyone across all age groups, just keep an eye on your security, make sure your windows doors are locked at exactly, all times. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And neighbours have a lot, a big part yeah, play yeah. as well. If they see a car or a, even a stranger, if you see a stranger knocking at your neighbour's door, and that you don't know, you're, you're a neighbour living adjacent to the, the elderly person, uh, approach the person, you let you approach the person and say, you know, who are you looking for, what do you want? Yeah, be nosy. Then, Actually, be yeah, nosy, go walk exactly, straight up and exactly. say, can I help you, who are you looking for? And send exactly. them on their way exactly. if you're anyway suspicious. All right, uh, okay. Well, you see, when you come to a station, what I know, I know people have to knock on the door and they speak through the letterbox. I know. Regardless who's who's And that's very, very, very sad because I'll finish on this note. Elderly people have spent 22 months confined indoors like prisoners. They were, they were sad, they were depressed, they were lonely, full of anxiety. And they were all thanking God that they were out of this. And then for this to happen to this couple is just absolutely unbelievable. And it's very, very, very sad. And I agree with what you're saying to, to the, all the elderly listeners to your program this morning. No, it's, it's not an occurrence happening every day, but it's, it's good to take precautions, make sure you have adequate locks in the door, Inquire about an, 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 an alarm. Personal don't, alarm. Don't allow strangers with your house. Yeah. Okay, listen, you look after yourself, uh, Paddy. You, and if you're speaking with Jerry and Mary again, send them on our best wishes. I would have called and, uh, for talking to tomorrow morning. Yeah. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. He's a great guy. That is uh, Paddy O'Brien, a well-known advocate for older people. And Paddy is right. We do need to call out as well Keith Harrington and Sean Healy, who were the paramedics who arrived on the scene, who decided to set up the GoFundMe page. And seemingly they'd no experience in it. They had to actually Google how do we set up a GoFundMe me page but it's incredible to think that it's gone to 17,000 uh, euro uh, it'll just at least let it return the money that was taken from this elderly couple because they have enough to be worried about now with trying to build up their confidence again but at least if that their bit of savings is back with them it will be something 0818 103 Jer in Ada is questioning why all of our government ministers, certain government ministers, have 24-7 Garda protection. Uh, surely the, it's what we need is Garda protecting the homes of older people. I feel we are too soft on crime, says Jerry. It's gone far enough. Why not have Garda outside homes of older people, more policing on the street? Well, Jerry wouldn't be 
impossible to have a Garda stationed outside every single older person's house. I mean, even even Paddy O'Brien accepted that, but more Garda on the beat, I think, is what a lot of people are, are saying. We need more uh, more visibility of Garda. Thank you for your call, Jerry. 0862103103 if you want to text or WhatsApp. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And as we celebrate Valentine's Day, the Hilltop Animal Sanctuary in Scariff in County Clare have once again run their Hay Not Roses appeal as a fundraiser to help look after the animals in their care. Katrina Lowry, who along with her partner Pat set up the sanctuary, joins me to discuss the work that they do. Good morning to you, Katrina. Good morning, Patricia, and uh, happy Valentine's uh, Day. Me- and ha- happy Hey Not Roses Day as well. I and, and many returns, and many happy returns. I, I, have you. you been getting a good reaction to the Hey Not Roses appeal this year? Uh, um, yes, I, I have to say this year is probably one of our best. I think we, we're probably looking at a thousand bales of hay so Brilliant. far. Brilliant. Um, for, for rescues dotted throughout the country. And I think I, I, think I, I, I came from a different angle this year I added in the angle about you know Valentine's can be a trigger for people as well if your heart is broken if you don't have anyone send a card to or you know so I kind of said this is kind of an all-inclusive uh Valentine's project we all can get involved in by you know by sending hay to equine rescues to help them feed hungry horses or horses in their care you know well done, well well done. Now, how many animals have you currently in your care, Katrina? Well, at the moment we have 103, um, but we have a, a feeding programme going on. Uh, there is a huge herd close to us that are in a really bad area. Um, uh, so we we have to feed them. We have reported them, but sadly nobody ever comes. Uh, so really, hay is keeping them going. And I have to add, a lot of people don't agree with feeding hungry horses but our, our attitude is like many other rescuers we have to feed with the hope that the law will be enforced they will be seized or the, the owners will surrender them to us over time it, you know as they get older or if they're of no use to them so hay is really a safety net um, so it, it's not just about oh throw a bit of hay and that's it it's part of a bigger plan if you understand um so yeah so that's why hay not roses is so important okay, because t- not only t- are... t- talk to me about that herd that you how many how many horses yeah. in the herd um 30 so there's last year's foals um and uh, you know and now the mommies would be in foal again if you know what i mean because they would be covered again and it, it's it's really sad you know patricia you know everyone says oh katrina keep it light because today is valentine's day but the, there is a huge problem out there the law is on the side of these horses but sadly the law is not enforced and i have to add um in this you know they we, we are told it's a money issue but there are people that this is their job remit there are authorities paid to go out uh, absolutely absolutely and and we're always saying to people if you see uh, cruelty or neglect you report it and we assume that when it's reported something's done about it yeah and sometimes it is but the sometimes isn't good enough it's like oh you know Patricia you can run a red light today but tomorrow if I catch you I'll I'll hit you with a fine you know it has to be constant and it has to be consistent it's no good like my friend in court telling me she's a great person down there who does act but I'm up here in Clare and you know I don't always get 
the person, you know, the way you send in those emails or you ring those phone numbers and you're like waiting, waiting, waiting. And, and that is how I got into this because I was so naive. I thought that's all I had to do when I saw a full tide at the side of the road and, and nobody came. And, and that's that was the start of this, if you understand. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose the, the issue is we. He shouldn't exist, really. Like I know. any other charity in, in an out ideal there. world, in an ideal. <laughs> and in is, an ideal and world. okay, take me back. When you first you first started, because you noticed horses who were hungry. Yes. yes. So basically, you know what? I I wouldn't believe my own story if someone <laughs> told me. So would you believe I was just was leading a very different lifestyle? I didn't even own a dog, a cat, nothing. And uh, a friend of mine dragged me to this fortune teller because she wanted to find out when she was going to meet the love of her life and the many kids she was going to have. And she wanted company. Would you believe that day the lady told me, all she saw was dark valleys, horses, and me with a lantern. And I was like, what? I said, this is the biggest waste of money. Anyway, everything she said came true. It is frightening. So, and yeah, a few months after that, I, I kept on passing a foal uh, tied at the side of the road. I reported the foal. Uh, the foal was just getting very stressed, you know, on muck, ran out of grass, you know, as far as the rope would allow you know, her to eat, but, you know, grass runs out very quickly. And uh, so then I went to an, an agricultural co- a co-op store and I said, do you have hay? He says, we don't have hay. He says, we've haylage. I didn't know what haylage was. I was handed this uh, bale in white plastic. I had to climb up this little verge at the side of the road with this bale, opened it. And then I realized this isn't coming out too easy because it's packed so tightly. (laughs) And that was my first experience with feeding, you know, a a horse, a foal at the side of the road. And that has led to you now having 103 animals. They're not all horses, though. No, not they're donkeys, pigs, a goat, dogs, cats. But we we do keep places for the most uh, abused. When it, uh, will cats turn up and people don't want cats and people don't neuter their cats and we end up with kittens. But the rest of the animals are, are nearly all of them are animals who have been badly abused, and we try to keep spaces for those animals because there's a good chance we can never rehome them. If if you get you know yeah. uh, because not because in the in because uh, that's what you try to do you do try to rehome yes definitely but sadly some are so like we have two dogs here that one that I can't even touch so you know who you know it, it wouldn't be fair on somebody unless they had loads of experience to take on a, a collie dog like that so everything is gently and slowly it's because I suppose if you were constantly let down by a human you loved and trusted mm. it would be hard for you to trust again but, but is it wonderful head, to see when you when a very uh, nervous animal arrives in who's been really really badly abused yeah. by a human being is yes. it wonderful to see that animal turn around and, and oh my God. rebuild yes. trust yeah like Eli the donkey here who was I, I told you about him last year he was attacked by a number of youths now he would nearly sit on your lap if he could because <laughs> he's a puppy you know so that's amazing but I suppose I just have to say to your listeners you know you know it's easy to turn to an animal and take out your frustrations and shout at them and all that but we have to remember they absolutely love us they want to do their best for us they want us to do our best for them and, and really, there is no excuse for animal abuse. Just catch yourself before you react. You know, maybe they 
they did to your the charger to your phone, which happened last night, you know, and maybe they will do things like that. You know, I have a, a, a puppy in and he's chewing through everything, but they don't, they're not setting out to do it. If you know what I mean? So yeah. we really need to. And, and, and can I add in, Patricia, if you've horses, for God's sake, if you can't feed them, you shouldn't have them i don't care there is no excuse for having an animal if you are not going to feed them and expect them to survive on nothing you know and i have to mention a foal we have in here sorry not full now he's will be coming up on two but we he was thrown out onto a roundabout and and the, he is he for the last few weeks has fought to live because the vet said his mommy would have had to eat things like ragwort stay alive so that's that yellow weed mm. and feels and horses hate it it's 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 sour but they eat it when there's nothing else eat but it's toxic to the liver they they're pregnant the foal absorbs the, the, that poison and then it affects their liver and, and Killian's liver is not it's not functioning the way it should be so we're constantly fighting to do liver cleanse to keep him going with steroids because he wants to live and he can go on to have a very happy life even though he's a little bit of an acquired brain injury from being thrown out onto the roundabout oh, poor, but he's so happy poor yeah. love the poor love yes. and you do all yes. of this work Katrina with no state funding no state funding. I, you know, I have to. My friend John is always saying, please mention your PayPal. It's catlowry54 at gmail.com if people want to donate the price of a bail. And I'll send that to JP, who's so please lovely. Do. He might put it up for me. Yeah. Um, so, so the calendar, Brenda, I have to say, I always say to people, we're not bad at the moment. Our calendar brought in enough money to keep us going for a little while, not forever. Um, I work part time, Pat works full time. These are our family. We will look after them. Nobody will go hungry here. Like we, they, you know, realistically have to, we have to feed these animals, not starve ourselves, of course. <laughs> you know, but we, but we, yeah, you don't have the luxuries. You can't. I know. It's impossible. I know. Yeah, I know. Listen, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're fantastic. And I saw, I saw a newspaper article. You got a donation of a car. I know Sean Murray car sales. I, again, Brilliant. my friend John, he 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 did all this amazing PR work with them. But Sean Murray car sales in Six Mile Bridge because I was carrying around a charger in my old car that I'd have to ask someone in their house, can I plug it in to my my battery because the alternator was going and everything was going in it. But again, the guilt buying a car when you have so many animals and and they were like. It took away a huge stress having this. Now it's like a pe- it's a fabulous people's carrier. Like yeah, I feel like you should have six kids in the back. But instead, it's, <laughs> instead if you see Katrina passing, it's, it's going to be an animal in the back. Listen, you are yeah, doing you you're doing you and Pat are doing amazing work at the Hilltop thank, thank uh, Sanctuary. We wish you continued luck with thank it. You. We'll speak again. Uh, but thanks thank a million you. for joining us today. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. God bless. Take care. Bye bye. She's just amazing. She's dedicated her life, uh, herself and her partner, Pat, to looking after animals that have just arrived. Some of them in the most dreadful, dreadful of conditions, abused by people. It's just it's truly, truly shocking. Uh, Jaron Limerick says, say happy Valentine's Day to Katrina and all of the other super women countrywide who rescue abused animals. They are our unsung heroes. They are indeed. A break in news at 11 on the way. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack 
Cormac Insurances can sail. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A number of people were listening to me chatting with both uh, Paddy O'Brien and our own Mairead uh, Tuig in the last hour about that really shocking, shocking robbery that happened to that elderly uh, couple in Gornabraher yesterday. Jerry O'Hanlon, 79, and bless his sister Mary, 83, and poor Mary at 83, calling in to see how the younger brother was doing and what a scene she arrived in on. A guy was inside in the house with a knife. Now, physically, they weren't injured, thank God, but it's just emotionally and psychologically the the fear factor and the bit of money that Jerry had in the house was uh, stolen. So many people are upset by this story including Mick in Bottovin said he goes so far as to he says I think free legal aid in this country needs to be abolished straight away and the money that it costs to represent the likes of these uh, Mick is using a much more powerful word than I suppose I'd be I'm comfortable using even though I, I would like to use the word you're using uh, Mick but uh, the culprits who robbed that elderly couple that money used could go towards a lot of better causes paying extra nurses for example and if anyone who commits a crime is from outside of Ireland is a non-national they should be sent right back to where they came from and spare us the, the cost of keeping them we have enough home reared blackguards without importing more. And that's from Mick in uh, Bottevant. Uh, hi, uh, Patricia. What have we become as a society that we can allow this to happen? Uh, elderly people are attacked in their own homes. Surely it is the lowest form of scum. They have no respect. Something needs to be done about this for all, for those elderly people to feel safe again in their homes. I am absolutely so cross by these stories, says a listener. And someone else is looking for the details of the GoFundMe page. Mary said, could you give the details of the GoFundMe page, please? Uh, I missed it. Would you believe the phone rang? Just wanted to get the details. Um, it's on, well, it's been set up by um, Keith Harrington and Sean Healy. All I have in front of me is the Go. It's, it's on GoFundMe.com. I don't have the name of the GoFundMe account, but I'm sure if you go into GoFundMe.com and uh, uh, type in Keith Keith O'Halloran's or Keith Harrington or Sean Healy's name it should pop up and I'll see if, if John Paul is pointing to me he does have more detail let me just see the GoFundMe okay so go on to GoFundMe.com and then type in Life Savings Stolen at Knife Point that's the name of the fund Life Savings Stolen at Knife Point and when you go onto the page you'll actually see a picture of the brother and the of Keith of the Paddy and Jerry, sorry, Jerry and Mary is a picture of both of them and then Keith's name is underneath. Okay, and as I say, when Maraid was on with this in the last night it was gone to seventeen thousand, which was terrific. People have been so, so kind in wanting to make sure you know, the money it just takes that bit of a worry away, doesn't it? And of course that then is leading people to talk about older people having money in their homes. Last week I mentioned it was a case the Gardaí had tracked down the culprit thank God that happened in wasn't that in Canturk as well that story out of Canturk where an elderly man was counting his funeral money he had five and a half thousand saved been 
took a long while if you're living on a pension to save five and a half thousand and he had it saved for his funeral and he was counting it out at the kitchen table. Door happened to be open and this courier arrived in and took the money claiming he'd cleaned his gutters. He hadn't. Now luckily CCTV played a role there and they managed to, they saw the guy, they saw the van, they got the car registration and they managed to track him down. It turned out he'd been a homeless man and he had addiction issues and he spent the money on drugs but he was brought uh, brought to task. But again, it put the focus on having that kind of money in the house. And Martin Mitchellstown is on about that. He said um, the government are uh, wrong the government are wrong as people should not be keeping money in their home. OK, Martin is saying something needs to be done to stop elderly people keeping money at home. And he's citing the examples that a lot of our bank branches are closing down and even the ones that are open, there's nobody behind the counter. All of the banks now want you to do all of your banking online and use bank cards But for the older generation, they grew up with dealing with cash. They grew up with going in to their local bank branch. And there was a bank branch in every town. A lot of villages even had a bank branch. And they would go in there and they'd do their business and they'd put their money in over the counter or they'd withdraw their money over the counter. But of course now that day is completely gone. So Martin reckons there needs to be more of a focus done now on making sure that older people are not keeping large sums of money at home. We need to be encouraging them to go into the post office, go into the credit union. But but something needs to be done because Martin reckons that's what's gone wrong here because bank branches have closed. And he also makes a point that I hadn't thought about. He said that there are older people out there who keep their savings at home because they're fearful if they have this money in the bank that it will affect their pension. And of course, nothing could be further from the truth. But a very small amount of money, like five and a half thousand euro to an old age pensioner to pay for his funeral is a huge sum of money. That money could have been sitting in a bank and it wouldn't in any way have affected somebody's pension. I don't know what the actual figure is, is, but it's certainly much higher than five and a half thousand that you're allowed to have that it doesn't affect in any way your pension. But that message I don't think hasn't got through to older people. So maybe there needs to be some campaign to, to tell older people that they can have, you know, many multiples of that in the bank and it won't affect them getting a pension. It won't affect them getting the, the credit card. But Martin and Mitchell could be right. That could be one of the things that some people, maybe they're afraid of leaving the money in the bank for fear they will lose out on their pension. But we have to get the message out to older people and then get the message out to the criminals that there's no point going in trying to target older people because there's no money in in the houses. And for the majority of people, they don't keep money, but it's to get it through to to everyone. And uh, Liam in Brough reckons our law, our whole judicial system needs to change that when somebody is actually convicted of these crimes, that the rigour of the law needs to come down on them. You know, he makes the point that if a Garda is attacked as a very severe punishment, he feels that we need to be upping our punishment for all kinds of crime, but particularly crimes against older people and very vulnerable people. If somebody is found guilty, we need to nearly be locking them up and throwing the key away. 0818103103. Somebody else by text is saying, Patricia, bring back corporal punishment the sooner the better. That's by text to 0862103103. C103 Jobs. An experienced landscape foreman and landscape operative, so I wonder for Cork City and County. You need to send your CV, please, to emer at gwi.ie or you can call mobile 087-270-2202. The Maria Goretti Nursing Home there in Kilmallock 
They're looking for kitchen assistance and healthcare assistance. Email CVs and cover letter to admin at mgnh.ie. Fergal Fortell and Mitchellstown, vacancies across all departments, including front office, housekeeping, cleaning, food and beverage. Please apply to Hazel by email to fergrovehotel at gmail.com. And Osborne Recruitment, they're looking for an experienced accounts payable administrator for a company based in Clonakilty. Email karen.obrien at osborne.ie. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. With the world watching the increasing tensions in the Ukraine, it hasn't stopped the great work conducted by the Chernobyl Children's International in that part of the world and founder and voluntary CEO of CCI, Eddie Roach, uh, joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Aidy. Good morning to uh, you this beautiful spring morning. Happy Valentine's Day to you. <laughs> and I was going to say that to you too, so many happy returns <laughs> to you okay. and, 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 and your family. You're very kind. Now, have you a real sense of nervousness for the people mm. of Ukraine and indeed Belarus, many of them that you know so well? Yeah, that's interesting uh, that you should ask me about that first, uh, Patricia, because it's uppermost on my mind kind of night and day. I'm I'm actually a bad sleeper, but something like the, um, you know, the increasing political tensions between Belarus, Russia and the rest of the world um, really is enough to unnerve and unsettle me and keep me awake at night. Uh, but the only thing that keeps me going, Patricia, actually, is that thing of like, you know, keep, keep your feet firmly on the ground, talk to the people who are already their boots on the ground and people who live there and we have huge kind of um a contact base in Ukraine because we have the surgical teams that go in and out. We have huge, our main base, of course, is in Belarus, which is providing the landmass for the current military exercises that are going on in support of Putin. Uh, so we have a 60-strong staff, staff team there. So we get a good feel on the ground from all over both regions as to what our people feeling and thinking. And like they're Sharp as attack, as you know, uh, Patricia, I mean, they're very politically astute, even though they may not be always able to express that. But the feeling is not what we're hearing. The feeling is of calm, of this is saber rattling, and that these military exercises go on all the time all over the world by all military powers, except we just don't hear about it. And they've just taken this as a way of kind of trying to you know, unsettle the region or, you know, they think that maybe on the American side that it's about Biden's flagging figures or that it could be NATO wanting to increase its power in that area or it could be even the military-industrial complex who, of course, love a war to sell their weapons of mass destruction. And that, But our thing all the time is we listen to everything on all sides, but we keep our heads down because for us, the priority has to be the children. We cannot turn our backs on the children who so desperately need our intervention, whether it is with aid that we send in or whether it's through life-saving surgeries that we provide with our international cardiac teams. Like, I was, I, I just think it's a shame, Patricia, when politics, you know, once again negatively impacts 
on the care of people and particularly on the care of children to a point where, you know, in our case, where lives would be lost, um, you know, not just be, not just if it turns into war, but simply, you know, because they're not receiving adequate care because we can't get in there or support can't be given. So the situation is like, I suppose, on a knife edge, but I'm always a firm believer in the jaw, jaw, jaw rather than the war, war, war. Yeah. And that, you know, that really it's the power of dialogue, it's the power of diplomacy and that sanity, you know, will in the end prevail uh, because, you know, like nobody benefits um, from a war. If turns in. From, yeah. And Patricia, yeah. the one thing that has not been spoken about and please just allow me to just air this bit because, and I'm, I'm surprised that smart journalists like out there or, you know, internationally haven't picked up on where the posturing is currently going on. We say there's a thousand mile border between Belarus and Ukraine and huge parts of that are in the infamous Chernobyl exclusion zone, which is poorly populated because it's all depopulated because it's contaminated, but also it's poorly monitored on the Ukrainian side in terms of, um, you know, troop activity or um, monitoring of the, of the border itself. So it's very easy to get across into that area of no man's land and to march down or to do military exercises in an area that is the world's most radioactive environment. So we have concerns about any of that kind of activity, even with just an exercise, or if one of those weapons that they're playing with in these war games, that one of them actually hits one of the nuclear tanks full of radioactive waste on the site of Chernobyl which is literally just over that border. And we know accidents can happen, but it's like, God help you know us if that does happen. Well, so I, well really, I actually, because it, it's yeah. funny, I watched uh, and I, I was, my jaw dropped watching it. I watched a piece online last week of military exercises being conducted in Pripyat, the town that's oh now, my, now the yes. ghost town. And yes. they were running from building to building yes. and they yes. were staging. And yes. all I was thinking of was, yes. this is the most radioactive zone in the world. I was thinking of the soldiers that were yes. in there doing these yes. military exercises, plus the dust that was being raised. Yes. From, I, I, I could not believe what I was watching. And I yes. thought the same thing. I said, why is nobody why picking up on this? Exactly. But you see, that's because your mind is already tuned and your mind is open to the, like the potential damage to that. But it seems, you know, it's kind of like maybe the pair of us and that, that's all that's left that really understands the damage and the danger of doing that. And there is the other element of it as well, not just about the danger to the troops that are there, but it's the, it's the close proximity to the exploded reactor, but to these massive tanks that are holding the radioactive waste, which is very volatile and fragile, but lethal in the potential that's within each of the tanks. And they're literally just up the road from the town that you just mentioned, Pripyat. And then there is the element of the desecration of what really is like, it's you know, it's like a modern day Pompeii, Mm. you know, a place left frozen in time. And, you know, all the people that lived and died there and all the, the brokenness that happened in their lives, the refugees that had to desert there. And now for them to see their homes, their lands, their schools, their play areas being used in the in the preparation for, for some kind of madness. I thought that went war. through my head. The utter disrespect for all the people oh, that had died was was yes. was one. Okay, we invited John to talk about the cardiac <laughs> mission uh, to to the Ukraine. Okay, firstly, just remind us what the cardiac mission is all about. 
Oh, yes. Well, one of the things that we identified very on in the years of Chernobyl, now nearly 36 years, um, was one of the organs of the body that's most affected, actually, is the heart. That beautiful the organ, you know, that when we use a symbol of the heart for love and particularly on things like Valentine's Day and that. But the heart, of course, has been deeply affected and the doctors coined this kind of coverall heart uh, title called Chernobyl Heart for all the different heart defects that they see um, escalating in the last three and a half decades because it's passing from one generation to another to another. Now we're looking at the third generation of Chernobyl victims. So this thing called Chernobyl Heart is not a condition that a baby or a child can live with, but they will surely die with without surgical intervention. Now, we created um, an international team of cardiac surgeons brought together from different parts of the world, but mainly from North America. And they fly out bag and baggage, not with personal things, but basically with equipment, with medicines, with disposals, everything needed to set up kind of field hospitals in hospitals that aren't equipped to do cardiac surgery. And we are footprinting kind of all over Ukraine. We did it in Belarus, now successfully in Belarus and now moved into Ukraine. And they carry out life-saving surgeries for children, really, who, whose lives are on the edge, Erin Immel, as, as we'd say in, in Ireland. And they do... Um, surgical training so that we kind of footprint and leave the training uh, and knowledge behind. And it's run by a wonderful cardiac surgeon, Dr. William Novick. And we've been doing it for almost 36 years. And he is the one that actually had to make the decision, would they go in or not? Like we fund it, we prepare it, do all the groundwork. But, you know, they're his surgeons, they're his team, his nurses and doctors and everything. And actually, the, the mission that has just been completed in time for Valentine's Day actually was to be done in May. But he took a look at the situation, the build-up of the crisis, and he just rang me literally the week after Christmas. And he said, you know, in his big text and draw, he said, Eddie, we got to get him in there, you know, the, we, you know, in case anything breaks out. So we, between the pair of us, we let actually set it up for them to, to, you know, to bring it forward by five months. And we just got them out um, just, you know, at the weekend. Which obviously is, is, is important because the, the UK and, and uh, yes. NATO and, and even and Ireland and, and, and Americans are telling their citizens to get out of Ukraine. They are indeed. And actually, I had great conversations. We have an extraordinary um, Irish ambassador in a new embassy in Ukraine, which is brilliant, opened by Simon Coveney there last year. And of course, my ears pricked up straight away. Oh, this can be very helpful to us, which, of course, there's nothing better than having an embassy in a country, you know, where you're working. And actually, our ambassador, um, Therese Healy, actually visited our cardiac mission in December. She went to see for herself where Irish money is being spent. And we Really, Patricia, I suppose, you know, in the middle of this kind of twilight zone world that we're in, like, will there be a war? Won't there be a war? Now the Americans putting a day on it. Like, this is terrible pressure. It's almost as if somebody wants this to happen. But like what we have to say to ourselves is on this special day that like we have made, you know, we've healed broken hearts and, you know, and that like we have shown our love from the people of Ireland because the money came in on our Christmas appeal. And these little tiny hearts were saved only just in time for Valentine's Day. Despite all of the troubles, the trials and tribulations, we ran the gauntlet. We took the calculated risk because we believe that it is well worth it. Every single life is worth saving. And the onus is on us, a neutral 
small island nation that doesn't want to saber rattle with anyone. We have no skin in this game other than the protection of humankind. Okay, and to finish off on the the fundraising side of it, I know how tough it has been throughout the pandemic for all charities, but yours in in particular, uh, Aidy. How is fundraising going now? Has it started to pick up again? Uh it hasn't really, no. but no. The good news is, Patricia, interviews like this actually like kickstart, reboot things again. Like our income went down by ninety percent initially. Now it's seventy percent. So we are, we're, you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're, so we're managing to survive. The Christmas campaign was actually one of our most successful, thank God, and meant that I could bring forward by five months, like the, the cardiac mission that has just gone and saved all of the lives. So I suppose, you know, I'm a, a bit like yourself, Patricia, you know, back in the day, like is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Don't show me the challenges. Just, you know, show me, a, you know, even a small narrow route to resolution and to find a way through even the direst and most difficult of times. So we have every intention you know, of, of keeping it going, even though we won't be able to bring in um, the children this uh, summer either, Patricia, because of the current political situation, but also because of COVID, unfortunately, is rampant in Belarus, I'm afraid to tell you now, and very poor access to vaccination. I know, I know. I was, I, I, I was looking at that. It's, it's yeah. a really sad situation, unfortunately. OK, listen, Aidy, always a pleasure uh, to, to talk to you. And if people want to donate, what's the easiest way to donate to you? What's the easiest way... Um, and for, oh, listen! Am I am I terrible for not knowing you are. all the information? Absolute. I could I could give you <laughs> absolutely. I, I I I knew that because it's you, you, I, I somebody else on earlier who said the same thing. Um, you should be always you have all of those numbers have, there in I front have, of you. I have them now. Have, have you go on? <laughs> what, what will I give you? Will I give you the website or will I? Yeah, give the you website the, is probably the, the best. Number. The website. Could, the website. Yeah. Okay. Chernobyl hyphen international. Chernobyl-international.com And Patricia, could I just say I have a gorgeous, my uh, first cousin in Liz Carroll who's slowly recovering from a, a very bad heart attack. It's John Murphy is his name, my darling cousin in, in Liz Carroll uh, and I know he'll be listening in today. Can I just wish him a speedy recovery because we need him and love him. Okay, get well soon John. AD, look after yourself and we'll speak again. Thanks for that. Thank you. Thanks bye. for joining us. Bye bye. That is uh, Aidy Roach of Chernobyl Children's International. And somebody has just sent in a text saying there's an accident on the Limerick Road outside of uh, Charleville between a truck and a car. Now, thankfully, nobody has been seriously injured, but people can expect delays. So thank you for that. On the Limerick Road outside of Charleville, an accident involving a truck and a car. If you are on the way, you can expect delays. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. We're starting a new monthly insurance slot on the programme this morning. So if you have any insurance issues or questions for us, get them in and we can deal with them on one of our monthly slots. Our insurance expert is Paul Kavanagh, who is marketing manager from McCarthy Insurance Group. Uh, good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you're, very, you're very welcome to the programme. I suppose, can you start first, because you're a broker. Can you just explain what is the difference, what, what exactly a broker does and how you differ from insurance companies? I think there's a lot of confusion about that. 
Absolutely, uh, and it's coming to the fore in recent times. We represent, uh, in motor insurance terms, 17 insurers, in household insurance terms, 25 insurers, and in commercial terms, then in business, it would be nearly 100 insurers. So what we do is we go and we shop on behalf of the client, whereas if you go to the insurance company direct, then they will only give you their product. So we compare all the products, and I think as... As the, as the weeks go on, the listeners will begin to understand that there is a huge difference between dealing direct and dealing with a broker because we listen to what the, the client has to say, the listeners. We un- try and understand what, the, what their anxiety may be. We prepare a submission, we get it to the market, and then we offer the client a solution for that. So, yeah, so that uh, in the event of a claim, we, 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 you know, the, that's what I always say, in the event of the claim, we're there to take the flak. We'll, we'll, we'll be on their side. Yeah, and I know whenever we speak with uh, consumer advocates and, and have done on many occasions over the years, they constantly say to people, when your premium, your renewal comes in, the easy option is to just say, oh, I'll pay that. And it, we should be looking at that, those premiums every year, shouldn't we? And that's something that has really come to the fore in the last number of years. There's savings to be made. We're all guilty of that, Patricia, including myself. We, we get the renewal notice in. It must be with you nearly a month in advance now. And you get it and you put it on the kitchen table and then you forget all about it. And all of a sudden then it's time to renew and you panic and you renew. The message is shop around. Now, if you're with a broker, the broker should be doing all the work in advance of the renewal, we know that doesn't always happen, but we say shop around. It pays nothing to shop around. Yeah, and if anything, if anything, it can save you money. So then looking at some of kind of the, 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 the key phrases you hear and people don't quite always understand them. I mean, something like protected no claims bonus. What, what exactly yeah. does that mean? Well, this has really come to the fore in recent times um, that protected no and there's actually three different types of protected no claims bonus, as I was explaining to JP earlier. So say, for example, you have an accident and this came to the fore recently when, you know, if, if you knock down a fox and the fox damages your car, OK, you're kind of going, well, that's nothing really. But all of a sudden you discover that you have a thousand euros worth of damage to your car. Mm. Who is going to pay for that? It isn't the fox. It isn't the fox. Yeah, yeah. There's, no one to, there's no one to go to. And it's very bad in certain areas where there's wild deer, which could be 5,000 euros worth of damage. So the protected no claims bonus means that you're no worse off, that you will not lose your bonus as a result of you claiming for that 1,000 euros. Yes, you'll have to pay the excess, which we'll explain in a minute in more detail, but you will not be penalised for having that accident. Now, there's three different types. There's two years protected. I mean, you can have two full claims in in a three-year period, and it doesn't affect your bonus. You can have one with another company, and one other company covers you up to €10,000. Then you have step-back bonus, and then you have no bonus protection at all. So there's five different types there. So people need advice on that. And when, when people come to us and they say, oh, I can get it cheaper, I always say, well, how protected is your no claims bonus? And the first question is, I don't know what you're talking about. Please explain it to me. And when we explain it, they go, oh, I don't want that at all. I want to be protected. And do you think, do you think at all costs we need to protect our no claims bonus? Absolutely, because yeah. you, you, are, you are very vulnerable when you lose your no claims bonus. You go to another insurer, they don't want to know you. You know, so you're, you're vulnerable and you, you don't want to be price vulnerable in the middle of it all. So... 
That's what I always say. It's, it's, it varies between 20 and 50 euros to protect your bonus. Check it out. That's but worth, worth it in the long run because if you if you lose your no claims bonus, you will pay through the nose your premiums for the next number of years. Correct. You're, 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 like if you have a small claim like a thousand euros, you will be paying it back basically. Yeah. Now you mentioned you mentioned excess. Yeah, that's another word. You said mentioned the words. Excess is is a word that people basically excess is the amount the amount that you must pay first. So if you have a thousand euros worth of damage, your excess could be three hundred, which means the most you're going to get is seven hundred. You're putting you're upfronting the three hundred yourself. And we hear a lot of people on the television, motoring correspondents saying, well, look at taking a bigger excess. My word of advice is before you do it, just check it out. Don't, if you take a thousand euro excess, then you're not claiming for your thousand euro claim. That's all well and fine as long as you understand it. There was a company in the market where the excess was, would you believe, 3,000 euro. And that was just crazy. That's sorry, it was nearly immoral, really. That's a lot, yeah. But it was all to reduce prices and make them cheaper. And as I say, cover before price. People should think what is the cover in any product that they buy. What is the cover I'm getting? Yeah, and ask the questions. And there's there's no such thing as a stupid question. Absolutely not. (laughs) And people people mix up all these things. They may, oh, I can I drive someone else's car? Can they drive my car? Ask the question in plain English as you want it answered in plain English. Replies like, oh, you've open driving. What does that mean? You know, open driving means that other people can drive your car. The driving of other cars means that you can drive someone else's car. Then do you want that car to be covered comprehensively which we can give you as well. So there's all different types. Uh, I don't want to say because I cannot say that there's no two policies the same. Yeah. But I can tell you they can vary dramatically. Okay, but something there to, to, to suit everybody. We've, I mean, when it comes to car insurance, people always complain that it just seems to be getting higher and higher. And we've gone through periods where it really did look like the insurance companies were making a fortune off the back of motorists. Has, am I right in saying that insurance premiums have started to come down slightly? I have. Yeah. They have. I, I, I keep a tab on them all the time. Uh, and uh, everybody now gets the list of all the premiums that they've paid. And basically, in the last two years in particular, we're down over 20%. No, we needed to come down. We needed to come down. The average premium now is in the order of 450 to 500 for comprehensive here uh, in Cork. So once again, if somebody gets a bill in for seven fifty, they need to shop around. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, and see if there is a cheaper option uh, out uh, out yeah, there. Because the che- and that's where we that's where we gain because we can offer the cheaper option with another insurance company, not with the same insurance company. Yes, we will go back to the to the same insurance company and and say, what are you willing to do? But in, invariably, we can move the client to another insurer. And uh, hopefully, with the price equalisation, which is due to come in, that's legislation due to come in on the 1st of July, we'll see a big change in that because it's very disheartening where a new business price is cheaper than a renewal price with the same insurer yeah. or through another medium. And that's going to be outlawed from the 1st of July. So we're all waiting on that one. And that's very much welcomed, isn't it? It is, but, but I'm once again, Patricia, I'm going to be watching this like a hawk to make sure that it is working. 
That's the most important thing, that there's not a lag or that there's not an if or a but or a maybe, as people, listeners will, will say, oh, the insurance fellows are at it again. That's what we do. We keep on top of it. We're at the grassroots in our offices and we see what's going on and we report that back to the insurance companies and say, lads, this is not working. Get it working. Okay, I mentioned and spoke in the last hour about the closure of banks in rural areas and and indeed uh, post offices and and could that in some way be a reason that older people are keeping money at home which obviously we're trying to get older people no one to keep large sums of money at home but we do know we have lost a number of our bank branches and we certainly have seen a lot of our post offices close. You're saying to people don't let the same thing happen to the insurance sector. Absolutely because I can see it happening. And it is beginning to happen, and, and it will be the same as the post offices and the banks, and even the travel agents there, I say. There was a time when we had a couple of travel agents in every town. Now you're lucky if you've won. So we need to support local businesses, local jobs, and keep, keep it local. With our offices, and we've nine in Cork, you can walk in and talk to us. You can see the white of our eyes, as we say. And we can talk openly, you can call us, we're here. We're not in a call centre in Dublin or outside the country. We're here and we're working for you. Okay, a question from a listener on the no claims bonus protected that you mentioned at the start. This listener said, unfortunately, I had an accident. I had to claim off my insurance. But when I went for renewal, my quote was over double. And that was with a number of companies. Why would that be? And for the very reason I outlined, if he had protect, if that client had protected no claims bonus, his premium should not have been affected in reality. And as I said, no matter even if you try to go to another insurer, they will go. But you have a claim. I'm not taking you. Have you had a claim in, <clears throat> in the last three years? Sorry, you don't fit our bill. All these things, like the banks, are becoming computerized. And if, you know, your listeners will understand, you put in the card and you expect it to work. If it doesn't work, if it's rejected, who do you go to? In my business, you go to the insurance broker and you get them to make sure that they get it working and you get to type the likes of this client a, a proper insurance quotation and find out what, what happened and what went wrong. That, but it, all this has to be done in advance as well. You have to purchase the no claims bonus protection in advance. Okay, but but she said I had a no claims bonus protected. Well, sorry, that's not. I'm. I, I would. I would. In that's, and that's where I'm saying the broker comes in. The broker will then examine what the hell went wrong here because that isn't what you're explaining, or what the, what the listener is explaining doesn't seem to. It doesn't hold water. Yeah, with me. yeah, I yeah. To look at that, and I'm quite willing to look at, at at it for them, Patricia, and give them advice. Okay, all right. And then here's another good one. My son had a six-year no claims bonus built up. He then went to England to work. He was away for three years, uh, and because he wasn't driving in the UK, he's come back, and he's now not entitled to the six-year no-claims bonus and his premium obviously is gone sky-high. It's as if he's starting driving from scratch at 33 with a full clean driver's licence. You you lose your no-claims bonus obviously if you are out of the market, do you? With the vast majority of insurance companies operating in Ireland, it's two years. He was was three. Go on. However, the good news, we have a market that will take him with three years. Oh, so there is... Once again, that's the benefit of going going to a broker. Yeah, 
Yeah, okay, all right. So that, that that's worth looking into. Uh, someone else is asking, sorry, no, there's so many different texts and calls uh, coming in, if I can just find it here. What, are there different classes of comprehensive insurance? Michael wants to know. Yes, I mean, actually, when we're having a chat here in the office, we often, it's an awful word, comprehensive, because it gives the impression that everything is covered. And whether it be the size of the excess, whether it be your no claims bonus protection, whether it be your breakdown cover or your windscreen cover, what does it actually mean? People say to me, I got comprehensive, but what kind of comprehensive did you get? There's varying degrees from the platinum cover right down to the bronze cover. So, you know, check it out. Ask the questions, am I covered for the things I want to be covered for? Yeah, don't just assume because you hear the word comprehensive. Oh, I must be completely covered. And someone else says, could you ask Paul, is it true that you can't get insurance for an electric scooter? That is absolutely correct. None of the domestic markets for household insurance, it used to be under house insurance. So pedal cycles, uh, your dog biting, that's what we call personal liability. But there's no personal liability available for scooters, for pedal scooters, which is a serious problem. We've brought it to the attention of Minister Fleming uh, via our Brokers Association. And um, we've spoken to all the insurers and we have it in writing from the insurers. We are not covering these pedal Pedal, I don't know, what's the correct Electi- word? Uh, yeah, electric scooters. And electric and the thing scooters. is, because I know there's new legislation coming in where somebody on an electric scooter doesn't have to have insurance. That's the problem. That's, 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 that's a big, therein lies the problem. Even if this listener wants to go and get it, you can't. There's none available. Can't. It's not available. Yeah. And, and a word of caution for listeners as well. Only some insurers will cover your liability on an electric bike. Yeah. Okay. The pedal assisted right. bike, and there's all different types of them. They can go to speeds of 50 and 60 kilometres. And, so and, and they have been, unfortunately, they have been involved in accidents. Okay, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we'll talk again uh, next month. We were hoping to talk about uh, home insurance. Didn't get to it, but we can, we can get to it next month. Paul, listen, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning Bye. to you. Bye bye. That is uh, Paul Kavanagh, marketing manager from McCarthy Insurance Group. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And of course, today is the official day that we've kicked off the C103's four play for 4K. It is your chance to win 4,000 uh, euro. You're listening out for four songs. When we play the songs back to back, they've got to be, though, in the correct order, starting with Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. That wonderful track from Adele, Easy on Me, is track number two. Whitney Houston, we'll get everybody out dancing with I Want to Dance with Somebody. And then we will finish the foreplay with Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits. So you need those four songs in that order. When we play them at some stage on any of the programmes, we're not saying when, and to be honest, I don't even know when. It could be on this programme. It could be in on the breakfast show with Ken. It could be with Martina. It could be with Nick in the afternoons. So you've got to be called a 103 when the fourth song plays and by being called a 103 you will win €4,000. Uh, the number you will need to call is our new number 0818103103 so make sure you've got that number in your phone so you can just straight away hit the number when we play those four songs in that row. That's the C103 4Play for 4K with McCroom Motor. 
Motors, where your journey to electric begins with the full range of Toyota self-charging hybrid vehicles. See macroommotors.com and stay listening to win only on C103. Love those competitions. It's always a great, great bit of fun. Now, a number of people commenting on our piece in the last hour, our new monthly feature with Paul Kavanagh on insurance. And uh, as we said, anyone who has questions, uh, get them in and we'll put them to Paul, our insurance expert, over the coming months. And we were talking about no claims bonus. A couple of comments in on that, which I'm going to hold and I will put to Paul uh, next month. But somebody we were talking about, he was explaining what no claims bonus was and the protected no claims bonus and step back protection and bonus protection and full bonus protection. It was all so really confusing. I thought there was only one thing and it seemed there's not. Uh, Somebody's making the point that your no claims bonus is only fully protected with the insurer you're with. If you try to shop around having had a claim with full protected bonus the other companies will not honour it. So guess what? You're stuck with the one insurer who can then charge as much as they want. I know what I'm talking about is this texter. I worked in brokers for over 10 years. Didn't realise that. I'll get Paul to talk more about that. And then Dennis listening to us in Oxford in England uh, says um, what I find is your no claims bonus in the UK is useless. Similar reason Dennis is saying because when you renew it's up to you to shop around to get prices from other companies. They will add the price if you've had an accident, protected or not. So basically, as the original texter says, you're stuck with the same insurance company to get at least increased premium with the same company. Is it the same in Ireland? Well, Dennis, it seems to, judging by that other text that came in, it does seem to be, but as I say, we'll try and get clarification on it. From, from Paul when he joins us next month. And hi, Patricia. Was interested to hear your insurance broker on the programme this morning. Myself and my sister have virtual twin lives. We're similar age, similar job, and we both live in a similar area. My house policy was twice the cost of hers with the very same company. They're identical bar the price of the premium. So I went in and said to the guy, what's going on here? So the guy did some tapping on his computer and he said, oh, you were on a different structure. Suddenly, I was down €300 Euro on the premium for my house insurance. Two years on, we both get our quote. Hers is 320 and mine's shot back up to 665 Can't understand it. Time to shop around again. Same company sent me my car quote. It had my address slightly wrong. So for the first time in years, I said, oh, I better get that amended. So I contacted them. They said, that's an extra €80, Euro, please. Why? Because it added a town to my address. I was like, I've lived here for 10 years. Uh, I'm not changing address. I'm just correcting your air, air, your error. Now, they did waiver it, but I still found it all very odd. Thank you for the insurance segment. And they've wavered it this year. My fear is what's going to happen next year. Can you get them to leave that line out of the insurance and see if that makes uh, a difference? It's, it all seems so crazy, doesn't it? So crazy and so, so complicated uh, for uh, sure. 0818 Some people on questions coming in for Annalise. Keep those coming, please, because Annalise just said on her 
nutritional therapist will join us this hour so you can text in or WhatsApp in questions to 0862103103. John O'Callaghan was on to say hi Patricia thank you so much for facilitating Katrina Lowry's interview that was Katrina who joined us about the Hilltop Sanctuary and the fantastic work that she does uh, what she says she's 103 animals that she personally looks after in her sanctuary but she also where, where possible she tries to foster out animals and rehome animals and then to hear her talking about that herd of horses who have just basically been left to fend for themselves and she's feeding them as well anyway John says greatly appreciated that you ran the interview with uh, Katrina could you please mention again her PayPal address yeah she's not great because she gets no state funding at all uh, it's Cat Lowry C-A-T-L-O-W-R-E Cat Lowry 54 at gmail.com that is her PayPal address if anybody wants to help her out because I do know when we had her on the programme earlier number of people commenting on the fact that it was just great to hear I the, the, there was one lovely comment but it's disappeared because I say there's another comment coming over it but others were just making the point that it was just oh Heidi was on thanks Heidi Heidi was on St. Patricia happy Valentine's many happy returns Heidi how great that you had that lady Katrina Lowry speaking about the animals that she looks after and the cruelty. How many times have I personally texted you on this subject? Pets have feelings and they hurt the same way as we do. We should have stronger laws in this country to stop the animal neglect and animal cruelty that goes on. There really is no need for it at all. You get a lot more by showing care and love to an animal than you ever, ever will from showing cruelty. So pleased that you highlighted it on the programme today, Society. Well, thank you, Heidi, and you do. You are always great to put in stuff. You're a real animal lover and we appreciate your texts into the programme as well. On the couple, that elder, not the word couple, elderly brother and sister, poor old Jerry O'Hanlon, 79, and then his sister Mary. And I heard him, I heard Mary speaking on the news there because we know Jerry is still in hospital following that male intruder who broke into Jerry's house yesterday morning at half past seven. And then poor old Mary. At it, you know, just like Jerry is 73, 79 and obviously not in the best of health because he's a home help coming in. And Mary then is a very sprightly 83 year old. And she, did I hear her say she's looking after her sister, another sister as well. And she comes into Jerry's house early on Saturday and Sunday to get him ready for the home help. And just, you know, I just think what an amazing woman at 83. And then to be confronted with that and a knife put to her throat, just such a frightening, frightening experience uh, for the poor woman. Somebody is saying that those people that are caught breaking into elderly people's uh, homes, this texter said, they seem to have too much time on their hands and they're causing havoc. They're out all night and they can be in bed all day because many, you can't say all, but many of them are drawing social welfare. I heard, says this texter, that Simon Coveney is looking for recruits for the army and for the Navy. We should introduce conscription into this country, says the texter. That wouldn't be long sorting out those people who have too much time on their hands. How would people feel about conscription of, are you saying males and females or just males? Your thoughts on that? 0818103103 And Anna was on to say, Patricia, please remember today the victims of the Stardust fire. The 48 young people who went out on this day 41 years ago, it would have been last night into the early hours of this morning, wouldn't it? The 48 who went out and uh, never came home. And actually, I saw it on the news. Lots of coverage on the papers of it uh, today of what an emotional day 
it was yesterday in the Dublin suburbs of Artane because of course the majority of the people came from that area because that's where the Stardust ballroom uh, was and they gathered as they have done every year for the last 41 years to remember the young people uh, who went out that night and you know never came home and that's always been their slogan they never came home and it was particularly poignant yesterday because the retired RT broadcaster Charlie Bird I don't know if many people picked up on this online uh, I don't know if he was featured on the news or not I certainly saw it online and of course the whole country is is wishing Charlie Bird the best of luck because, of course, he was recently recently uh, diagnosed with motor neuron disease and he's losing his voice, is slow, slowly going. He was there yesterday along with musician uh, Christy Moore and they were there for this special candlelit uh, vigil. And for those of a certain age who will... The, uh, those of a certain age will remember the Stardust, but those of a certain age will not because it was 1981, early hours of St Valentine's Day, fire broke out, Stardust nightclub, as it was called. Hundreds of people were in there because it was a Valentine's night uh, disco and a total of 48 people died and 200 people were injured, many of them very, very seriously uh, injured. So the special event was to mark the 41st uh, anniversary. I saw Antoinette Keegan, who I've spoken with in the past around anniversaries for, for the Star, Stardust and she's one of the lead campaigners for the Fresh uh, Inquiries and they're looking for Fresh Inquiries to be uh, to be brought in and she led the vigil yesterday and she began by thanking everyone who had supported them every step in the way but she in particular singled out uh, Charlie Bird. His voice has weakened due to his condition and he's now using a machine that he types and then it speaks his voice. It's, br- it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of uh, technology. So Charlie went on to pay tribute Uh, to the heroes and to the families who died in the stardust. And he said yesterday, he said, I remember coming here 41 years ago. I remember coming here at night. I will never forget, he said that night and the days after going to the funerals and another one and another one and another one. And he continued to speak through his voice uh, bank and he said he hopes that the families get to the truth of what happened to their loved ones on that night. After the speech, it was Charlie who read out the names of each of the victims of the fire and one by one, a family member or a loved one of the deceased stepped forward to receive a candle and to say a few words if they wished to do so. And Selena McDermott, Selena McDermott lost her brothers George and Willie and her sister Marcella. Can you imagine in one household, three people got all excited to go out as young people do, as young people do today. Three of them went out and three of them never came home. She said the support of the Irish people for the campaign for new inquiries into the fire has been something treasured by the family. She said the people of Ireland are behind them and that's why they're still here uh, today. And then Christy Moore obviously went on to pay tribute and he wrote that song. He wrote it in the wake of the tragedy and was he really, I suppose, was the first to coin that phrase because the song is called They Never Came Home. And the families then gathered uh, outside the unit of Dublin Fire Brigade. Or the families gathered next to went to Dublin Fire Brigade because of course obviously the Dublin Fire Brigade were very much involved on the night and they unfurled the banner which had a picture of each of those who deceased with the text they never came home and then there was people really got upset when the song You Never Walk Alone was played and that was followed by the sound of the sirens from the fire engines that had uh, gathered and as the 41st anniversary 
comes. Families are still to this day waiting for fresh inquests into the death of their loved ones to get underway. And because they've waited 41 years, many of the parents of those young people are sadly no longer with us. They went to their grave still fighting for fresh inquests. Last week there was a pre-inquest hearing and it heard a submission from the council who ran the Stardust at the time that a verdict of unlawful killing should be excluded as a possible verdict that could be reached by a jury at the inquest. Of course, that submission was fiercely contested by the legal team representing the families of the 48 and a further date for the coroner's ruling is expected uh, this week. But it's just hard to believe that what those families have been asked to go through and 41 years on, it's almost to our eternal shame, isn't it, that they are still fighting and I think and I was really thinking of them when I watched a programme I think it was on Sky showed it a programme called Anne and it was to do with the Hillsborough disaster and we all remember the Hillsborough disaster and what the families of the young people that died in Hillsborough went through and the fight they had uh, to get fresh inquests and that was going on obviously in Liverpool very same thing as going on here here in Artane in uh, Dublin so uh, thank you to Anna and yes I was going to to mention the victims of the Stardust disaster. We remember each and every one of the 48 uh, today and remember their families. 0818103103. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103. In particular, looking for your questions for Annalise, please. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Donnerail Active Retirement. They're meeting this afternoon at 3 o'clock. It'll be in the Presentation Pastoral Centre in Donnerail. The Clonakilty Access Group, they campaign for better public facilities and infrastructure with people with physical and visual disabilities. They're holding their first AGM tomorrow, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, and they're doing it by Zoom. To find out more, you can get login details, see Clonakilty Access Group on Facebook, or you can email clonaccessgroupchair at gmail.com. Caldallery Community Development will have their next lotto draw this Thursday night or Thursday afternoon, four o'clock in the community office with a jackpot of €2,200. And Bingo will go ahead in Mallow GAA Complex next Friday night at 8.15 with a jackpot of €2,200. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Now, news that the early intervention class in Kilbritton National School is to close from June of this year has come as a huge shock to parents and children. That's according to Cork Southwest Independent. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Deputy Michael Collins, who's calling for the decision to be reversed. And Michael joins me and in a couple of minutes I'll be speaking with Susan Thomas, who's a mother of a little boy who was due to start there in September. But first, Deputy Michael Collins joins me. Good afternoon to you, Michael. Good afternoon. Uh, now, what reason has been given for the closure of this early intervention class? Well, it seems uh, be a decision that came out of the blue. The nationwide plan, it's a nationwide plan, and it does affect obviously Kilburton and its surrounds because quite a lot of uh, parents and children were using the the, the school in, in Kilburton, and it was an excellent school with excellent teachers. They're saying now that the National Council for Special Education, uh, uh, who they're planning to phase out early intervention classes. Uh, the plan, no, the new plan apparently includes sending all children to regular Montessori school and for children we say additional needs to be able to avail of the access to inclusion, the model, support, AIMS. But educationists worldwide agree that early intervention, we often heard about early intervention being the buzzword, is the key to, uh, to the success of children with ESD. Uh, so, I mean, you can't, I suppose, read anything about ESD uh, in any uh, of the educational booklets, but it talks about early intervention. And on top of that, uh, Patricia, the locals, the local people in Kilburton raised tens of thousands of Euro- euros to make sure this unit was open. And the, the, the Board of Management recently raised 40,000 for the, the playground there, a special playground, and done some excellent work there. And it comes as a, a shock to the local community and a shock not just alone to the people of Kilburton, but the surrounding areas, because I was talking to parents from local communities who took their children from that school to the Kilbritton unit because there was a special unit and was was doing such ex- excellent work. No, they're left in a, a difficult decision to be made. How, Maybe I have to go back to the schools that they're... That how, many, how many children currently attend the early intervention class do you know? Well, in this special unit, there were six students um, using uh, this special special unit as such. Like, and obviously, they would need uh, a lot more. But, you know, it was, it was a start in the right direction in 2019. Uh, they were fundraising, and I remember myself uh, under the guys, uh, Con McCarthy there in Kilbritton was in uh, the Board of Managers and asked us to spend a day in the ploughing championships, Margaret Peters and others collecting there for that, this unit in Kilbritton. So there was a lot of money raised. And in and, and fairness, they, they were very well focused. They had highly qualified teachers, and, and you know, it, 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 it really encouraged parents from a surrounding area to bring their children there, and they're left, you know, in shock. And I, I'm really pleading with the National Council of Special Education to give us a real, genuine reason as to why they closed but other um, other early intervention units throughout the country, uh, and and the Minister of Education has to come up with answers here because, as I say, they're always pushing the early intervention. No, early intervention seems to be um, a historic word, and I'd like to know what are they replacing it with. Do you think it's cost? Is the reason? Yeah, I, I'm I'm worried that it's 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 down to money, and if it's down to money, it's a bad decision because you know children with ASD will be coming to main, mainstream schools with, with no early intervention. And that's bad news for them children. Some children come to the main school in, 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 in you know, having picked up so much and having got so much help along the way. It, it has been such a success today. I just plead that the minister will pull back from this decision 
and 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 relook at it and look at the model, you know, look at a place like it, but how it has worked, and and encourage that to stay open and maybe maybe encourage its growth. And by the way, how did the early intervention classes find out that they were going to have to close in June? Did they know that this decision was being made, or did it come like a bolt out of the blue? Well, it looks to me as if from uh, my information uh, from school is that they obviously they had funding up until the end of, uh, we'll say, June 2022. So funding was required until uh, to start again for incoming students that were coming. And they were informed when they applied for this funding that that funding would not be available to, um, uh, going ahead from 2000, June 2022 onwards. So, as I say, it's coming as a bold little blue to them. We're not giving up a load of fight here. Um, okay, so it's when the school year ends for this year, which will be which ends, yeah. stay there because I want to bring yeah. in uh, Susan uh, Thomas. Uh, good morning to you, or good afternoon to you, Susan. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I'm, I, listen, thank you for joining us on the program because this is directly going to affect you and your family. Tell me about your son Adam and why this unit will, is so important for Adam. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose Adam is three and a half and we have a diagnosis of autism and he is nonverbal at the moment. Um, and I have seen he is, after spending one since last September in another class um, in Carrigaline that I had to take him to to get a place from Bandon. And I have seen in terms of early intervention what it is it's night and day how far he's come, which, it, which to me tells me even more how vital um, early intervention is for children with autism. Um, it's absolutely so, so vital. And for me to have been get, gotten a phone call last week to be told, oh, we would have had a place for your son, but actually the class is closing, so we don't have it anymore. It's just, it was absolutely heartbreaking. And the first, that was my first emotion I felt. And then I was just extremely disappointed and crossed to actually think of the extent of what, they, what, that, what this is going to mean for our children, you know. And your plan and your hope was that Adam would go there in September? Absolutely, yeah. He has a place. He actually is one of the children, um, would say, approved or enrolled, supposedly going to be enrolled um, for September. But because of them closing it, it, it's not going to happen by the looks of it now. So if it does close, and we, we won't give up hope yet, we, we, yeah. we, we won't give up hope yet, but if it does close, where does Adam then go? This is the this is the burning question, I suppose. Um, Clannacilty is the next closest um, class, I suppose, to us here locally. And then after that, it's Skibbereen, which is, as you know, from Bandit Skibbereen, it's a fair a fair trek out there. But all these units will be, and these classes will be full by now. That's the problem. You have to put your child's name down so far in advance for anything that you need that there's no... The, my options are now very, very limited, which is it's actually very worrying as a parent and very concerning for the long-term effects that it will have on my child, which is which is the most important thing. And Michael, you you said the option now is that the that that, that children with a diagnosis—I mean, Adam has a diagnosis—are to go into mainstream. Is is that what they what you said? That's uh, well. They're saying the plan includes, we'll say, sending all children to regular Montessori school. Okay, Let, well, children with Susan. Susan, what would regular Montessori? Would that be of any help to Adam? Not really. No, to be quite honest with you, Adam needs um, more one-to-one. Um, I suppose education and to be taught one-to-one. It, like it's very, very specific the way early intervention classes teach and educate children with autism because they have additional needs. This is the very reason why we look into early intervention for our children and not put them into a one-cap-fits-all regular Montessori, which has been proven across the years 
in and out to not work for children with autism. It's not the right, it's not the right route and it'll be very detrimental um, to our children and, and needless to say that even senior psychologists within the Brothers of Charity have said this and have written to the, the National Council for Special Education saying that if you close this early intervention class it will have detrimental effect on our children. I'm not really sure what more a senior person in that level of education needs to tell these people for them to actually listen and for them to not per se do this disclosure. It's just fathoming, you know. And isn't it also fair to say, Susan, there's a lot of, there's many more children out there who will need the services oh, of someone like an early intervention. They just haven't been, di- haven't got an official absolutely. diagnosis yet. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can imagine now with COVID, there's backlogs in everything. Yeah. Never mind the, the diagnosis for families. So what's going to happen is a bomb is going to be dropped on a family with the, with the word of autism and you're literally going to be thinking until you decide or try and find out yourself what's the next step? What do I do? How can I help my child? Which is the most important thing. Um, and then for us not to have something in our locality, um, for us and for families going forward, I, like I'm not fighting and raising this issue just for my son. I'm raising it for families to come down the line. You know, it, it might not be any listeners per se problem at the moment, but it'll eventually hit everyone's door. It might be your own son or daughter, your grandson or daughter, you know, anyone. Like it, it, it is affecting a lot of families. And for us not to have... And for them to be closing, I suppose, a class that has been proven to be so good has the facilities. I mean, even the teacher out there has just undertaken a master's and is due to graduate this month, specifically in the area of special education. So we've got the best of the best in terms of teachers and facilities in the in the class, um, the early intervention class out there. And we're just still, still the closure looming, I suppose, you know. Yeah, they're, and they're the kind of expertise we need, want, and we need, we, need to, we need to hang on to. Uh, Michael, I, I imagine a huge shock locally to this news. Definitely, and I've been contacted quite a lot of people, even far more than we'll say the six places are available. I think we should be fighting as politicians for uh, an extension to the, to the classroom and, and more classroom spaces, not be in a situation where we might be losing all the classroom spaces. And I cannot understand how the National Council for Special Education has decided to abandon this proven early childhood model, which has been shown to yield benefits for academic achievement, behaviour improvement, social skills and building self-esteem. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a very, very backward step, which will have serious, in my view, serious repercussions for our children. Can, you, can you bring it up with the Minister for Education in the Dáil? 100% is my aim to bring Great. it up this week in the doll and see okay. if we get a, get a, a change of mindset. Uh, okay, come back to us on that, Michael, will you? And will, uh, yes. keep us informed. Uh, Susan, hang in there. Adam's lucky Thank to you. have you fighting his <laughs> corner. Uh, stay, stay strong. And Michael, just a quick question to you. Somebody wants to know, are your clinics back up and running? And if so, where are they held? Are you I back have- doing clinics? I had about 25 clinics this weekend. They were advertised in the Southern Southern Star. Southern Star. Book, all the way from Kinsale to Argoon. Okay, you're back up and running is the main oh, thing. I'm running for the last six weeks, I'd say, up and running. All right, uh, okay. All right, listen, God bless you, Michael. Facebook, Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Bye bye. And that is Independent Doll Deputy uh, Michael Collins. But that really is devastating news. Devastating news for the families of everybody and for the school and the work that's gone in there locally. That playground, you know, that local people fundraised for so that the children are turning that early intervention class could have the best of the best 
in their area that they didn't always have to travel to get the best of uh, facilities. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed and hope that that decision can be reversed by the National Council for Special Education. 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp. We're looking for your questions for Annalise, please. 0862103103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Nutritional advice on C103 with Somega, Ireland's purest range of health supplements to get you through winter. Better nutrition, better health with Somega, a West Cork company. GoSomega.com. And we're off to the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic where Annalise Drussell joins me. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And can I start with a stomach bug because there's a couple of texts in, including this one from Louise, saying, could you ask Annalise, please, is there a bad stomach bug doing the rounds at the, at the moment? Our whole household was wiped out with it last week and I have to say in my household there's a stomach bug doing the rounds as well. Are there stomach bugs out there at the moment? There is. um, There's a stomach bug and there's also a pretty nasty viral thing that isn't COVID doing the rounds as well. So a lot of people are very confused because they're getting the sore bones and the the miserable tiredness and everything that they normally get with COVID but testing negative. So there's a bad flu and there's a stomach bug going around. Okay, what do you suggest for the stomach bug first? So with the stomach bug is generally caused by a bacteria. So I think for if if you have if you have been organized enough that you can actually have managed to have something in your medicine cupboard, the Saccharomyces boulardii is one of the best um probiotics that you can take for a runny tummy. It's actually not a bacteria, it's actually a type of yeast and I'll spell it. It's called it's S A C C R O M Y C E S. Um Boulardi is the last name of it. But if you remember Saccharomyces it's a fantastic one to ever take on holidays with you as well, Patricia, in case you ever get a bit of a runny tummy from food or from, um, you know, the water when you're away. It just keeps you from getting that awful holiday bug. So if you have a stomach bug, you can take it. It'll definitely shorten the duration. And then I think afterwards, it's always good to do a broad spectrum probiotic just for about a week so that it just restores the good bacteria back into the gut and gets the gut back nice and healthy. Because what happens with those bacteria, if they get into the gut and multiply, that's when you get those symptoms. So you just really do want to crowd it out with all the good guys. Yeah, I don't know if it's an old wives' tale or not, but I've always firmly believed if you get a stomach bug, bug starve it if you can for for a day. Just don't eat anything. Just you know, drink water or whatever. I, I, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I think that's... Pr- well, you know what? I think if you don't feel like eating, don't eat. But certainly, if you're not eating, you'll have nothing to eliminate. So you won't... Oh. Okay. be sitting on the loo. Um, I do think it's probably good to eat when you're feeling sick because your immune system does need um, it does need nourishment. So if you've got a bad flu or a bad cold and you feel like eating, definitely eat. But you're right, absolutely right, Patricia. It certainly can help with the symptoms of the vomiting and the diarrhea. Um, and try and maybe just drink liquids. I know that when we were sick like that, my mum always used to give us flat coke, ah. which was like a big treat for us at the time. But at least it's putting some sugars into your body that'll keep your energies up at least. Yeah, it was, um, it was the so. flat red lemonade in our house. Yeah. <laughs> and then for the other one that's doing the rounds that look, appears to be COVID, but it isn't COVID. Yeah, it's a very nasty virus as well. So it's like it's like COVID. It's like all viruses, really, Patricia. It's about making sure that your immune system has all the the stuff in there that it needs to fight the good fight. 
So you're looking at vitamin C, zinc and vitamin D as um, as a must. And I would take those every three to four hours. And then if you've got symptoms of like, say, chest, the Dr. Clare Mucotone is brilliant because that does clear up the chest. I find it kicks in within about uh, 24 hours. So that's very good for the chest. And then if it's lingering afterwards, the N-acetylcysteine, N-A-C it's called. Um, and that got hugely popular around the time of COVID as well because it is so good um, for fighting the inflammation, but also for the chest. And that goes for any viral illness where the chest is, in fact, is affected as well. OK, Mary is emailing on behalf of an elderly family member. Could you recommend somebody for a per- something for a person who is ongoing diarrhoea, particularly bad in the mornings? Now, this lady has had a colonoscopy when nothing was diagnosed, has been on several antibiotics, but only gets temporary relief from the antibiotics. The person is in their 80s. OK, so there would be certain things that could be helpful, Patricia, but in this case, you need to be very careful with medication. So make sure that if you're taking any of this advice on board, that you go into your local health shop with a list of the medications so that there's no contraindications. So generally, if there's a lot of diarrhea and people improve when they're on an antibiotic, the antibiotic is killing something that's causing the problem. So you can use natural antibiotics or natural antibacterials. And these are things like garlic, oregano, um, thyme, um, clove extract, grapefruit seed extract, caprylic acid. These are all really powerful natural antibacterial, antifungals and actually antivirals as well because these herbs are broad spectrum. And they come in a variety of different blends. So your local health shop will have uh, certain blends of them that are suitable. And that is great to naturally kill off any bacteria or even if you picked up a parasite or a worm, um, it's a natural way of clearing them out and killing them off. Then the other thing is to put in the good bacteria and the good bacteria will also help fight the fight within the gut. So for people who suffer from the recurrent diarrhea, there's two probiotics I often recommend. The first one is the Saccharomyces boulardii we spoke about there for the vomiting and the, the, the runny tummy bug. And the other one then is sometimes Alflorex. It's made by a cork company. And this can be very good, I found, the best results really come from people who suffer from IBS diarrhea. I know some people have IBS with constipation and in my own experience, it doesn't work as well for them. So that could be another one to try. Um, and then just a general broad spectrum probiotic. I know Viridian do a lovely one that has got Saccharomyces in there plus some of the other strains that are very good for um, stomach. So try and get the Viridian one. Okay. Hi, uh, Patricia. My daughter gets a cramp in her middle toe uh, it can get really painful at times and sometimes it can be a constant pain and gets really, really sore. What could that be? That's a kind of an unusual now, Patricia. I don't know really. I wonder <laughs> is it just as simple as maybe her shoe wear isn't suiting her or would there be maybe a little bit of an ingrown toenail or is it possibly a bit of gout? Now, gout generally affects the big toe more than the middle toe, yeah. so I'm not sure. Um, gout is where you get a build-up of uric acid in the in the blood and it crystallizes out into joints and would give terrible pain in the joints of a toe. Um, So it could be any of those, but I would suggest that maybe the best thing to do is look at the shoe wear because it's possible that she's placing 
too much strain on her middle toe for balance if her shoes aren't suiting her. Okay. Hi, Annalise. I had my gallbladder removed. I take GI wellness at night and it seems to work okay for me or it did for a period of time, but it's not working any longer. I feel very bloated. I'm carrying excess weight. Could you suggest anything? Also, uh, Annalise, what is Terra Nova Dynamic Synergy for? Okay. Okay. So, um, so the Terra Nova Dynamic Synergy is a blend of different ginsengs and I would generally recommend it to people who are feeling very low in energy um, that haven't been able to sort of get a boost taking a multivitamin or replacing the B vitamins. It gives you a great bit of juice in your engine, I suppose, really. But again, not suitable for long-term use and not suitable for anybody with high blood pressure because it does increase your kind of stress hormones to get you up and running and going. So um, great for kind of short-term energy kick but not for long-term use generally. Um, so that's the, the Terra Nova Dynamic Synergy. The other question was about no gallbladder. So basically, our gallbladder is for storing bile and certain digestive enzymes that help us break down and digest our fat. So when you're missing your gallbladder, you're really going to struggle with fat digestion. And generally, people will have noticed before they've had their gallbladder removed that when they ate fatty foods, they would be in severe pain and feeling very nauseous and lurgy and bloated and just really bit rotten overall. So what you really need to do is you need to support fat digestion. Now, the GI Wellness is a great product for overall gut healing, but it's not really any good for the gallbladder. The other thing I'd say about anyone taking that product is better to take it in the morning because it's full of digestive enzymes that will help you digest your food, but taking it at night, you're not eating. So um, it's better to take it um, first thing in the morning or mid-morning. So for supporting fat digestion, you're looking for a digestive enzyme. Ideally, that's got some ox bile in there because that'll replace the bile that you can't store. And then you definitely need some lipases, which are the fat digesting enzymes. So the particular ones I think are good, Salgar do a digestive enzyme and Nature's Plus do one called Ultrazyme, it's called, yeah, Ultrazyme. And both of those, I think, have a bit of ox bile in there. Um, And then there's another lovely product as well called Taracin, T-A-R-C-Y-N, which is very good for gallbladder and actually good if you've gallbladder problems without having it removed. There's a lot of nice natural anti-inflammatories in there and and the building blocks for bile. So you can take it if you're struggling with your gallbladder or you can take it if you need it as a replacement. Okay, the dreaded sleeping problems. Anne says, could you ask Annalise please, what sleep supplement would she recommend that would be safe to take? I'm on a high blood pressure tablet and a statin. I'm just not sleeping well at the moment. Okay, now, the first thing I'd say there, Patricia, is just does that person take the statin at night? And this is just something I've noticed. It's not, again, medically, you know, solid advice, but it's only, you know, what I've observed from customers in the shop. Some, a lot of people are recommended to take their um, cholesterol drug at night, and that is because a lot of the work that the liver does at night, making cholesterol, is all at that time. But for some people, it disrupts their sleep. So that would be the first thing I'd suggest is maybe try and take your cholesterol medication mid-morning instead um, and see does that help. And then in terms of the sleep remedies, there's a few different ones out there and none of them really knock you out. That's not what natural remedies are designed to do. What they do is they help to rebalance the whole kind of stress, busy body, busy brain type of a, a pathways in your body to bring them all down to a nice, relaxed and calm level. So the herbs that would be typically good for that would be things like valerian, hops, um, L-theanine, lemon balm is very good as well, passiflora, skullcap. So these are all natural herbs that can help 
stop that busy body, busy brain. And the one that we get great feedback on all the time is the NHP Advanced Sleep Support. That is a combination of all of those herbs. But you've also got Vogel's Dormazan, which is a nice um, tincture that you can just take in drops. And then there's the Peace and Cam, which is an Irish company make it. Peace and Cam Valerian. It's lovely and it's strong. It's a great product as well. Uh, you could try that. And then CBD oil works brilliantly for some people. You just take all of these remedies about 15 minutes before you get into bed and hopefully you'll, you'll be able to drop off to sleep naturally. Yeah, and good sleep hygiene, as they say. And Marie says, query, uh, I'm a woman in my 50s. Skin on my face around my eyes has become very dry. Also, my eyes feel very dry. Could you recommend anything? There is a thing called dry eye syndrome, actually, and it is quite common for people, especially women, once I think we passed menopause, we, everything does seem to dry out, like our skin gets papery, more papery, and everything seems to be drying up. So with eyes, I would suggest, first of all, taking a very good um, maybe omega-3 and omega-7 supplement. Now, it's very hard to get them together, so you may need to take them separately. So omega-3 comes from fats, uh, sorry, from the, they're fats that come from fish, generally. So you're looking for something that's very high in the DHA omega-3 part of the fish oil. And we have one here in the shop that we get good feedback on. It's actually called Optase, O-P-T-A-S-E, and it is the the oils, fish oils for the eyes. And then the omega-7 can help for a lot of people as well, but they only come mainly from sea buckthorn. So you'll be looking to take a sea buckthorn supplement as well. And then at night time, what's lovely for dry eye is just doing... um, warming some chamomile tea bags and just laying them on the eye. Actually, even caffeine tea bags are lovely, Patricia, as well. I think they take the puffiness out of eyes. Yeah, and just relax and, and leave them on, on your eyes. OK, I've got to leave it there. Listen, Annalise, thank you for that. And uh, you'll put up all of the information as heard on the radio on your website this afternoon. Thanks, Thanks a million. That's Annalise Drissel. And the website is healthhubstore.com. Nutritional advice on C103 with Somega, Ireland's purest range of health supplements to get you through winter. Better nutrition, better health with Somega, a West Cork company. Go Somega.com. That's where I leave you. Thanks to John Paul. Talk to you tomorrow. Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.